My dream is in five years' time that someone has a hot flush and they go, I'm having a hot flush, they open the window and nobody bats an eye. Nobody goes, ooh, ooh, like makes a joke out of it. No banter, please, to menopausal women. It's not fucking funny. It's like, we've got to live with it. Just get over it and we'll just get on with it, you know. Hello and welcome to Working It from the Financial Times. I'm Isabel Berwick. In this episode, how managers can help women who are going through the menopause. British television presenter Davina McCall, who you heard at the top of the show, has become, in her words, an accidental activist for creating more openness about the menopause in workplaces and in healthcare. She's determined that women should be able to flourish during this stage of their lives. And her activism has changed attitudes and it's led to more bosses putting policies in place to support female workers. Davina's put all the information she's gathered into a best-selling book called Menopausing. So I sat down with her at the recent FT Women in Business Summit here in London in front of an audience of largely female managers and leaders. We talked about work, about the menopause, and even about how to turn your goals into reality by taking a tip from our Gen Z children and manifesting them. So sit back and enjoy the show. Davina, it's just such a joy to be here with you. I've just read Menopause. In fact, I listened to it on audiobook. I highly recommend Davina reads it herself with Dr. Naomi Potter, who co-wrote it with you. It's fantastic. And there's lots of, I think the stories of the women who wrote it to you really come alive when you listen to the audiobook. Mm. So thank you. And it's a fantastic book, but it also made me furious. Yeah. So could we start by finding out a little bit about what got you into menopause activism because it thought it wasn't an intentional no I'm not an activist at all activists absolutely terrify me I mean I am I'm an accidental activist a very mellow and I'm just trying to be quite nice but just change things a little bit for menopausal women but I think it hit me quite hard the menopause I didn't know what it was I'd never heard of the word perimenopause that's what what was happening to me I remember I was on a Darnay job in um, Prague. I was shooting a commercial and I was waking up every morning for three nights on the trot, having sweat so hard all night, my hair was wet. And I thought, God, I've got some terrible virus. Um, I must be really ill. And the other thing that was quite weird, and um, I'm not going to talk about this, but it's well documented that I was a, a drug addict. I had a heroin addiction and I quit when I was 24. And it really reminded me of withdrawing. You know, it was a horrible sensation waking up in wet sheets again. It was the number one thing I'm grateful for in my life. Every morning I open my eyes and I go dry sheets. And I was like, what is going on? What's happening to me? And then the other really weird thing was I felt like I looked in the mirror I'm on this Garnier commercial. I've got to look like amazing. And I looked like I'd aged 30 years overnight. My skin was so dry and I just looked so tired. And I looked and I thought, oh, who who are you? And immediately it put me kind of out of sync with myself. I was like jarring with everything. I was very tired. I didn't know what was going on. I was a bit scared and, and it went away. And then it kept coming back. And then I'd start forgetting things because I was so tired. I was flatlining through life. I couldn't remember the last time I'd felt real joy, the last time I'd felt really horny. I was like, just bleh, just a bit bleh. And I said, horny. Who thought you'd be hearing that at the financial times, huh? I'm thinking that at the end of the day, come on. Um, so, you know, I am not a flatliney person. You can see who I am. You know, I'm full of enthusiasm and joy and laughter and 
Warney. And I, I, I was scared. I was like, I don't, am I depressed? Is there so Anyway, I didn't want to talk to anybody because I was ashamed. Um, and then the more it happened, the more invisible I felt, the less I felt able to speak to somebody or to, to connect. So I went to the doctor. Doctor told me I was too young. Then I was really scared. Then I started talking to my cousin and she said, have you thought it might be perimenopause? So I went to a private GP in the end because I thought I'm not being heard. I'm being ignored everywhere. I'm very lucky. I could afford to go and see a private doctor. And she said, go and see a gynecologist. And he said, oh, yeah, you're perimenopausal. Here's some HRT. I was like, I'm not taking that. I'm going to get breast cancer. And he said, no, it's different now. This is transdermal. It goes through the skin. The risks are extremely nominal. You're more at risk of breast cancer from drinking moderately. And I thought, well, I don't drink moderately. So then I'm weighing... I, no, I mean, I don't drink at all. Um, so I was like weighing up the risks. I thought, well, I exercise. I don't drink... You know, it seemed like risk benefit if it was going to help me sleep again, even just sleeping. I thought it's got to be worth it. A week later, miraculous change. Like in it, for me, it was immediate. It doesn't suit everybody. It isn't a panacea for all ills. It's not going to fix everything. But for some people, it does work brilliantly and it has a really bad rap. I didn't tell any friends of mine that I was on HRT because I was convinced that they would judge me. I told a couple of people, they were like, what are you taking that for? You're mad. So I stopped telling people, but I just felt much better. So then I thought, this is bad. I've, I've got a platform. I, I am on the telly. I can reach people. I can reach other women, but I'm really ashamed to talk about the menopause. I'm ashamed to be a menopausal woman. I'm ashamed of, of what stage of life it's telling people I'm, I'm embarrassed to say all of these things because now I'm so proud but at the time I was like it's going to age me I'm not going to be in telly anymore people aren't going to want to work with me because I'll be old and then I just thought I've got to do it because I just didn't know this stuff I can get a message out there so I started interviewing doctors and menopause specialists and just doing little interviews with them on my fitness platform and that got really well received and then somebody said to me do you want to do a documentary and that changed everything was there a moment when you realised that you'd changed the national conversation about HRT? Because, you know, it was because I think of you. The that... first time I saw the Davina effect in print, I was like, what? Um, I mean, it was a bit of an insult, really. It's still like, oh, because of the Davina effect, uh, there's an HRT shortage. I'm like, well, sorry, you're not up to date. You know, the demand's been rising steadily. You should be on it. But I think when I saw that, I thought, God, that's quite weird. Um, but what I do definitely want to say is that I've got a very big gob, but there were other women like Kirsty Walk, Mariella Frostman, yeah. loads of women doing it before me. I don't know. It was like timing. I think people were more prepared to talk about it in the public eye. We had social media. Yeah. And so bringing it back to the women in this room, what, mm. you know, what have you learned from writing menopausing? What would you want to say to them? Because I, I thought I knew a lot about the menopause, mm. but I learned a lot from your book. I think mostly that it's going to be okay. I think the thing that I get from a lot of people is, oh my God, you know, I'm really worried because, you know, the symptoms can be difficult and they can be debilitating. But I think the most important thing is there are solutions and there are ways out and there are ways to feel better. But you need support. I didn't do this on my own. I needed my family around me. I needed my friends around me. I, I needed medicine. You might not need medicine, but I needed, I needed hormones to help me through. I'm still on the hormones. I'm going to have them pumped into my coffin, um, God willing. And um, 
you know, there is a way through it and life is brilliant. I feel very lucky to be a woman. Because we go through all the pain and the difficulty of being working mothers and the difficulty of the gender gap and the difficulty of the menopause, it makes us stronger. And I look at all of you lovely women in here and all here to support each other. It's magic. Yeah. So it's going to be okay. Yeah, it's all going to be okay. Well, thank you. I mean, it's been amazing, but I really want to also talk about your career mm. and some of the things that, you know, you've been on our TV screens for 30 years, I think. Is, yeah. Is it this year, 30 yeah. years? Yeah, 30, 30. 31. So what has kept you interested and engaged and, mm. you know, as, are you as into it as you used to be? Oh, my God, I'm the luckiest person in the world. I'm, I know I'm the luckiest person in the world because I get to wake up every morning and do something that I absolutely love. And I have been very, very lucky that even though I've presented some absolute turkeys, there have, there have been, you know, some really great shows along the way that have just kept me rolling, rolling on. And then later on in life, I've found kind of real purpose, you know, this this feeling of being able to amplify needs that we have in terms of women's health and being able to get the message out there and maybe make a difference has, has made me so unbelievably happy. Talking about the menopause, for, far from making me lose my job, has made me busier than I've ever been. And not just kind of in documentaries, but I got the masked singer after I did that. Like, those figure, like, so mad. I'm doing a midlife dating show called My Mum, Your Dad for 45 to 55-year-olds where their kids are their dating experts and they're in a separate house and they decide who dates who in the house with their parents, watching their parents get off with each other. It's amazing. <laughs> but, that, that's, but that's your show, isn't it? Yes. So I mean, can you talk a bit about how that happened? Yeah, well, I manifested it. So I, 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 I was like, I was watching Love Island with my daughters and I said, man, these guys, this doesn't feel real. Like I'm not feeling the, the intensity. So wouldn't it be better if there was a show with midlifers where they've lived real experience, they've, they've got luggage, they've got they're maybe widows, maybe they've had a terrible experience in a relationship, but they've got kids and they are at a stage in their lives. Like I said, you've gone through life and you think, I'm ready. I'm actually quite sorted at last. Um, and then it's suddenly really hard to meet someone. So... I sent the woman, I didn't know her, I just found her email address through work and I sent the woman that makes Love Island and I said, you need to do a midlife Love Island. I said, this has got to happen. And then I listed five friends and I did my five friends' biographies. I said, check these people out. It's like, these, if you watch these people falling in love, you're like, oh my God. So um, she emailed me back, she said, we're not doing uh, midlife Love Island, but we have got another idea which we're looking at. So we'll be in touch. And then I was like a terrier. Next month, uh, any news about the, the Midlife Station show? And then finally, I did get a message saying, yeah, we're going to do it. We'd love you to host it. I was like, yes. I told my kids, manifesting is where it's at, kids. You're going to do it. What do you want to do? So you told your kids about manifesting, but my kids told me about it. Uh, do they? Do they? I haven't manifested. Like, do you think it? Yeah, well, it works. God, maybe we should do a manifest. Have you not manifested? No, I haven't. No, I've manifested uh, more career success, actually. But, uh, thanks to my children, because uh, we do manifest together. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So that's probably not something we should do at an FT. <laughs> but I don't know, why not? No, like I don't it's... know, why not? We've talked about lots of things, but this is a kind of women in business session. Mm. What are the lessons you've learned from your career? Mm. I mean, I've talked about this. I did um, 
Do you know the Stephen Bartlett Diary of a yeah. CEO podcast? I went on his podcast and he's a lovely man and he's very, very good to talk to. And we talked about everything, but I did talk to him about the fact that um, if I was going to give any advice to someone, it's that it doesn't matter how old you are or how successful you are or where you're at in life, you've got to hustle. Because if you stand still, life is just going to keep passing you by. You've just got to keep moving forwards. And even if it's tiny, weeny steps, I always think in business, I say to my kids, if I've got someone that's approaching me who wants to be in telly and they are relentless, I'm like, oh my God, I love you. Like, you're relentless, quite annoying. But I respect how much you want this. And I want to give an opportunity to someone who is desperate. When I did this Stephen Bartlett yeah. like, um, thing and I said about the hustling, and I did a job the next day and we were filming a commercial and a guy comes up to me, he's about 24 and he says, can I have a chat? And I was like, yeah, it looked like a deep. I was like, yeah. And he said, I was listening to your diary of a CEO. And I said, oh, hey, that's great. And he said, you talked about hustling. And I hadn't worked since January and I was really like I needed work. This was February by this point. He said, I was just lying on my sofa nonstop eating pot noodles, you know, getting more and more depressed. And he said, I got up and I emailed 10 people there and then that I'd worked with last year. And I got an email back 20 minutes later saying, we've got a job tomorrow. Why don't you come in? And he said, I just want to say thank you. He said, the weirdest thing of all was I walked into the job and it was with you. <laughs> and I was like, what? That is amazing. I said, that's the heavens manifesting right back. We were meant to meet. That was. Um, the hustle might not work. And this is where you have to build up a kind of a bit of strength around being let down. But I, another thing, when you get to 55, you've been let down so many times. You're like, oh, fuck it. I've got through all of those other times. When you're in your 30s, you're still quite used to being let down. But don't worry, it gets easier. But keep, <laughs> keep trying, you know, just keep trying because... The more you get let down, the better you'll be at it, which is good. That's a good thing. I'm going to hand over to the audience because I'm sure there are lots of questions. So I can't see you very well. Oh, and here at the front. Is, yeah. Here as well in blue. Yeah. Hi. Hi, I'm Natalie. Hi, Natalie. Um, I'm not menopausal yet. And um, you know, generally there's a bit of, there's quite a lot of fear of yeah. the next stage. So it's really interesting and helpful to hear your perspective what do you think businesses should do for the for women and men yeah as we expand our knowledge about menopause yeah I mean so I there's quite a few quite simple things so first off I think um if a business doesn't have a lot of money and they don't have private health care which I'm pretty sure most of you guys probably do but if you don't have private health care the old menopause cafe is an absolute brilliant institution I mean, I always thought like if you're in business, you might want to do the menopause wine bar um, where you would do either once a week or once, I mean, once a week's quite a lot, but once you could do once a month, a bit like a period that you're probably not getting anymore. Um, do, do, a, do a kind of meetup where you'll go meet for a chat once a month. Now, what would be really nice if you could get some people who are perimenopausal, some who are menopausal and some like you who might be just a bit interested in it and a bit worried. And you could go and kind of ask questions from your peers about it and men should be welcome too. So that's one thing, the cafes, the kind of get-togethers of non-professionals, non-medical people, but to go and talk together. It's shared experience is 
it feels less scary for sure. Secondly, if you do have private healthcare, then you must lobby for your business to set up something where a healthcare professional can come in to the business once a month or be on phone, available online, on a Zoom call, on a telephone to talk through options. Because when, you, when, you, when it does hit you, and it won't hit everyone, 25% of women sail through, 50% of women struggle a bit, I'm in that 50%, and 25% of women really have quite enormous life-changing symptoms and they do need help. So what you want is answers. Like I needed, what are my options? I can't sustain my job like this. I will have to leave work if something doesn't change. I need sleep. My marriage is suffering. My kids are suffering. Everybody's suffering. This is really difficult. And I, I got those answers. So you need to be able to call somebody to get those answers. The cost of losing a woman in a business to something like this is going to be so much greater than getting a healthcare professional in um, one day a month. So that would be the second thing, very importantly. And to get speakers in to talk about it for men and women in the business um, and to make it less of a thing, or less of an, an embarrassment. My dream is in five years' time that someone has a hot flush and they go, I'm having a hot flush, they open the window and nobody bats an eye. Nobody goes, ooh, ugh, like makes a joke out of it. No banter, please, to menopausal women. It's not fucking funny. It's like, we've got to live with it. Just get over it and we'll just get on with it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you'll be fine. You'll be, you will be fine. Like, you will find a way because you're resilient, because we're women. Like, you'll be fine. Davina, we've got a minute left. What is the message you'd like to leave the audience with today? Well, firstly, you're all great. <laughs> and um, men and women, and thank you for being here. I mean, you are here because you are boss bitches, so that's great. <laughs> and um, also, I want to say that um, getting older is a joyful and brilliant thing. You know, when I was in my 40s, I was really, really scared about it. And my, my fear about getting older is I don't want to die because I'm having so much fun. And that will give you a little bit of an insight into what life can be like in your mid-50s. And I fully intend to be having this much fun until I die. So grasp every opportunity, keep your health, exercise, exercise your brain uh, and your body, um, take care of yourself and really importantly, take care of each other. Thanks to Davina McCall for changing many women's lives, including mine, and for reminding us that ageing is a positive thing. Since we spoke, Davina's been awarded an MBE in the King's Birthday Honours List for her services to broadcasting. That's it for this episode of Working It, and I hope you found it useful. If you're enjoying the podcast, we really appreciate it if you left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And please do get in touch. Email me at isabel.berrick at ft.com or you can always find me on LinkedIn. If you're an FT subscriber, please sign up for the Working It newsletter. I bring you the best workplace and management stories from across the FT and our office therapy advice column. Sign up at ft.com forward slash newsletters. This episode of Working It was produced by Audrey Tinlin and Philippa Goodrich. The executive producer is Manuela Saragossa. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio.